You are listening to the One Church TO podcast. We are an imperfect community who are attempting to help people know God, love people, and make an impact in our city of Toronto, Canada. At the time of this podcast episode, we are currently experiencing the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. So you'll start to notice in this same feed, we'll be providing some extra episodes alongside our weekend teaching to encourage you throughout the week. But we hope today's teaching is valuable for whatever season or situation that you find yourself in. Good morning, church family and guests who are joining us online. Maybe you've noticed along with me that our world is uh, really good these days at producing high anxiety. Pastor Jonathan talked about one issue there that's come up in the past week as if COVID wasn't impacting us in every area of our lives, just causing such anxiety, you know, along come other issues, it's compounding. And uh, I'm here not to talk to you though about anxiety production, but anxiety reduction. Um, I don't know how many of you could use some of this. (laughs) Anxiety relief. Pastor Jonathan began a series uh, a couple of weeks ago that talked about creating anxiety-resistant boundaries in your life. And, uh, you know, not everyone was listening to him, though, because the very next weekend in Toronto, Memorial Day weekend, or Victoria weekend, you see this is Trinity Bellwood Park. Look at how many are respecting boundaries during this COVID where we're trying to protect one another. And, uh, but look what they did. They put boundaries there. How many, your anxiety level just goes down, just knowing people are staying within boundaries. Pastor Jonathan did a great teaching about how that happens spiritually, relationally, emotionally in our lives, where when we have boundaries, it just frees up God to help us and to do things. It's on the archive, on the website. Uh, That's part one of the series. Today's part two of Stress Relief, creating uh, creating, uh, anxiety-reducing thoughts, all right? And I found a place in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 8, where I think the disciples' level of anxiety is at its highest. I mean, they, you've got 12 men freaking out on a boat, screaming at Jesus, we're going to drown. And uh, it's just amazing when you look at it and realize that level of anxiety. Now, it didn't start out that way. Uh, look at how the day starts out. It's rather a stress-free day as they, as they sail along the lake. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. I mean, talk about a stress-free, relaxing day. It sounds like a, a vacation. And, uh, you know, you can just imagine, though, how... Uh, easy it was for this particular group of sailors because for them, they were professional fishermen. A lot of them were. And the transportation on the lake was something they were all familiar with. And so for, for, for them, it's like, you know, Jesus, we don't need you for this. We know how to sail a boat across the lake if that's what you want us to do. You know, why don't you go take a nap? <laughs> go have a sleep. We'll wake you up if we need a miracle or if we need a, uh, an inspirational message uh, about God. But you, do, you just go to sleep. Now, what happens next? 
is something that uh, that 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 occurred. Uh, quite frequently on the lake. Matter of fact, I have been over in Israel with some of you from our church family where we traveled through the land of the, the Bible, the land that Jesus lived in. And when we would go to have our boat ride at the Sea of Galilee, sometimes it would be postponed or even canceled because a storm had come on the lake. That's what happens here, all right? Soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. How many so far? This is a description of what 2020 has been like for you and me so far. It just started out, you know, maybe it wasn't all smooth sailing, but whatever came along, it was familiar. We knew how to handle it. We had work. We had classes. We had family we, we had uh, stuff that we were doing in our lives, and then along comes COVID-19, and suddenly, you know, what we just used to do before that was so familiar and was so easy sailing suddenly became dangerous. And uh, that's exactly what happened to the disciples here. Now, I, I'm helped by a psychiatrist who said that worries are when we process issues at a cognitive level. Okay, we begin to think, okay, what'll I do about this if that happens? We, we worry a little bit. But stress is when it accelerates and we begin to process those same issues at an emotional level. And we get uh, you know, hyped up, amped up about them. Anxiety is when we begin, to, we begin to process those same issues at an irrational level. That's exactly what happened to the disciples here. The Son of God is right there with them in the boat, and they're panicking and saying, we're going to drown. We're gonna... It's so irrational. But what Jesus says next to them is really what is the prescription, a two-part prescription for anxiety relief. Because Jesus, it says, woke up. He rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. The disciples are having a, a revelation moment here. It's like, Eureka, I didn't know Jesus could do this. He has he even has power over nature. I didn't know that he could do this. It was sort of like if they were singing a song, it was, it was you're bigger than I thought you were, Jesus. You have more power than I thought you did, Jesus. It, it's like this eureka moment. And, and Jesus almost is surprised that they are surprised and says, where is your faith? I don't see Jesus like I've heard some convey, you know, where is your faith? You should have had more faith. What's wrong with you? I don't see it. It's, it's almost like if you knew who I was and I'm with you in the boat, why the anxiety? Where is your faith? You see, so many of us are like the disciples. We wait till the storm is over and the reason for anxiety has calmed down and then we say, oh Jesus, you brought us through and we, we praise you. They're in awe, they're in an amazement. What Jesus is saying here is take that same worship and amazement, that same faith and put it in reverse 
and put it back into the storm. <laughs> Take your thoughts of Jesus, who he really is, his power, his care. Take those thoughts of Jesus, put them in the reverse, and put them right back into your moment of highest anxiety. Do you see this? It is just so important to understand this first part of the prescription that Jesus is giving his disciples just to help them understand that, that he is the same. What was true about him after he calmed the storm was true about Jesus and his power and his care even during the storm. Someone said faith is trusting God in advance for what only makes sense in reverse. And so Jesus is saying, so reverse it. <laughs> reverse that trust. Put it back there into your moments of high anxiety. Some people listening to me are saying, yeah, but I, I just, that faith thing, I just don't have that much faith. But watch this. This is good. This will help. Your faith is not determined by how much you have as much as it is where you place it. You could place a whole lot of faith in someone that was not capable or did not care and your faith would be wasted. You would be let down. But when you place your faith in Jesus, even if it's just a little bit of faith, it's not how much faith you have, it's where you place it. You're placing in someone who cares and who has power. I remember in Edmonton when one of my boys, one of the two boys that we have, little toddler, and there, his, his mom was coming out of the grocery store Remember those uh, times where we had a rubber pad? It wasn't a light that signaled the automatic door. You put your weight on the rubber pad, and then the door would open. And, and, and my boy was going and stepping over it, and I thought, you know, he's so light, he'll never be able to have enough weight to activate the automatic door. But he stepped on it, just the little guy. He stepped on it, and the door, this big door opened, and he was impressed. Watch this. It's not how much faith you have, it's where you place it. When you place it in Jesus, you know, <laughs> that's where the doors open. And, and so every one of us can do this, even in moments of anxiety where we don't feel we have a whole lot of faith to work with, we can place it in Jesus and see something good happen. I, a few weeks ago, I was talking to our staff here at the church, and uh, I was telling them about when the tornado hit Edmonton, 300 homes destroyed, 27 people killed. We were pastoring there at the time, and all we heard was disaster and all the bad news. But after the tornado, we began to hear stories of how people, they would contact us and say, you know, we called on God, or we weren't following God, but we turned to Him, and He helped us get through. He helped us get out of a situation where a building collapsed, and He showed us the way out. I remember one story of a businessman in our church uh, who was really ticked off because he was on his way to an appointment and the person canceled it when he was already in his car on the way. He was upset until he found out that that very uh, time that he was to meet a guy in a building, that building was ripped apart by a tornado and he just saw it as the providence of God. What am I saying? I'm saying you and I will not know until COVID-19 is over all the things that God is doing in answer to prayer in the middle of this uh, worldwide storm called COVID-19. We are gonna hear both at a personal community and a worldwide level how God has provided for his people supernaturally. Because he. How many know COVID-19 didn't catch him by surprise? He's fully in control, just as Jesus was in that storm. He is going to give us stories 
of how he provided for us supernaturally in this time, of how he protected us. And he's going to give us a supernatural peace that we don't even know where it came from. It passes all understanding. He's going to do that for us. I believe with all my heart that that's going to, but it means we're going to have to take our faith in who Jesus really is, that caring, supernatural son of God, move it back right into the middle of COVID-19. What on our worst days, whatever little faith we have, we just say, Jesus, I place it in you. And that's where he begins to do what only he can do. Now, this weekend, there are some people that I'm talking to who, uh, well, you've, you've been sort of sailing along and then COVID-19 hit and you're beginning to sort of wonder, is this what happens in life? Death is real. People are dying. Is life this fragile? Is medical science not always able to fix things? Governments, some of them seem to escalate things instead of making them better. So, so what is going on? You know, some people can sort of think, you know, um, there must be more to life than this. Something is missing. And, and here's exactly what it is. You and I were made in the image of God. In other words, we have something different from the animals. We have a capacity to have God in our lives. We're made in his image. We have, and every one of us were made by God. We were designed by God as human beings to do life with him, not without him. When we do it without him, when we don't follow his plan, we mess up, the world messes up. But when we follow his plan, he is with us and he gets us to the other side, gets us through storms to the other side. And so I, I want to talk to you about this two-part prescription that Jesus gives, because some people just stop. Jesus calms the storm, but, but, but look at what happens. Okay. All right, here's the first part. Rehearse faith in Jesus' thoughts before anxiety hits, all right? Rehearse faith in Jesus' thoughts before anxiety hits. Now, the disciples are having this panic attack, right? There are 12 men freaking out on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. We're going to drown. Now, just think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, is with them in the boat. Is that boat going down? Imagine just opening up your news feed if you lived at that time and you had that technology and you, you open up your news feed and the headline is, Savior of the world drowns in the Sea of Galilee. You know, it goes on to say, Almighty God's eternal plan for the human race is dead in the water. You know, Jesus is, is drowned. Listen, God, you can read the Old Testament. God promised that he would send a solution for us to get us restored to God way back when our first ancestors decided to go their own way instead of God's way because we were made with a free will. We weren't made as robots. And when we decided to go our own way, God decided he was going to send his son to the earth to give us a second chance. And Jesus died on the cross so that our past of going our own way can be forgiven and so that our future can be forever in heaven. God so loved so that he gave his son so that we would not perish. We wouldn't end here just in this life, but we would have everlasting life. And so I remember um, trying to help a lot of new Christians in Edmonton 
put this in perspective because I had a lot of people coming to see me about their problems and so many times they just need a perspective. So I, I learned to just ask this question. If that happens, then what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, sometimes just bring a worry or stressors, bring it out into the light and let, let, let's examine it. And so they'd say, well, if that happened, you know, what I'm worrying about happened, then this would happen. And I'd say, okay, but then if that happened that you're worried about, if that did happen, then what would happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? I just keep going, asking that question, what's the worst thing? And then some people look at me and say, well, I guess that then if that happened and then the worst thing that could happen happened, I guess I would die. And you know what I would say? Then what's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> How many understand that Jesus came to give us not just uh, help in this life here, but when this life is over, he said, you, you will not die. You will have everlasting life. I want to promise you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if your faith is in him and, and you're, you're following him in your life, I want to promise you that cancer won't kill you. A car accident won't kill you. COVID won't kill you. You know, how many have ever heard me say, you can't kill a Christian, you can only relocate them. Absent from this body <laughs> is present with the Lord. That part of us made in the image of God, spiritually, we're with the Lord in heaven forever. And so when you, when you place your faith in Jesus, it just changes everything. Changed everything for the Apostle Paul. Look, look at him, look at him. He says this, for to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Then he goes back to living. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? He says, I've got two options. I don't know. I am torn between the two. A desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. You see, it just was so real to him. In his moments of highest anxiety, he could say, I, I live for Christ. So if the worst happens, I go to be with the Lord. What shall separate me from the love of God that is mine in Christ Jesus? Nothing will separate me, not even death will separate me from the love of God. And uh, so I, I love the way the writer of Hebrews helps us understand this. Because watch this. When you place your faith in Jesus for life after death, then you see him helping you a lot with life before death, okay? It just changes everything. The writer of Hebrews says, for this world is not our permanent home, right? Whatever, wherever you live, it's just temporary. Your, your permanent residence is in heaven with Jesus. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, anytime you see therefore, you want to know what it's there for. You've seen it's there because we have a permanent home in heaven. Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. All right, because we know this is what our future looks like, this is what we can do in the meantime. And notice it says sacrifice of praise. It's not talking about waiting until the victory is won, then saying like the disciples, you're awesome. We didn't know you could do this. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering us out of the storm. No, in the middle of the storm, offer a sacrifice. A sacrifice of praise isn't a sacrifice unless it costs you something to do it, right? And so in the middle of the storm, you just find a way. I, I, it's going to cost me to take effort. 
but I praise you in the middle of the storm. And so it's a way of, of, of rehearsing your faith in Jesus before anxiety hits. Now, uh, I love being out in a canoe, did a lot of canoe trips with my dad and my brother when they were living, and, uh, and we wiped out, and I learned a lot. So when I took my boys, about ages 10 and 12, when we first moved to Toronto, we went up into Algonquin Park. We are out in a lake, and we hit a storm. And uh, the, the w wind and the waves, and there was a level of high anxiety in the canoe that day between the three of us. And, uh, but I knew enough. I knew enough because I'd rehearsed it. I knew enough. If this happens, keep the bow, the front of the canoe heading into the waves. Don't let it go broadside. Even though the, the quickest way to get to the land is just to go right over there. You could see the land. But we kept the canoe going. So we, the front of the canoe was hitting the waves. And then we zigzagged back in when we could work with the waves to get in. And so, so how did I know to do that? How did we get there safely? How come we weren't swamped? Because I'd rehearsed it. If this happens, this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm inviting you to do. Take what is true about Jesus and rehearse it. Think about it. Um, I'm looking forward to our community groups this Wednesday night because we're going to be thinking of what are some verses that help one another when we get into these situations, what are the verses we rehearse ahead of time so that when we hit the storm, watch the second part of the pres prescription now, we insert, we insert our faith in Jesus thoughts immediately. That's what we do. When anxiety hits, we take those Faith in Jesus thoughts that we've been rehearsing, we've been memorizing scripture, at least being able to paraphrase it. We, we know what's true about Jesus, who he really is. We, we insert those thoughts immediately into the storm. Now, now, King David did this just with his knowledge of God, didn't he? That's why we're so helped even during these COVID days by going into the Psalms. And the psalmist would be, you know, getting upset and, oh, no, my life's going to end and someone's coming to kill me. These armies are coming against me. But then he'd say, but my heart will not fear because the Lord will rescue me. And even though I go through this storm, yet will I praise the Lord. You know, but David wasn't the only one in the Old Testament of the Bible. Listen to Habakkuk, okay, a prophet. He's having a bad season, all right? He says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, the fields produce no food, there's no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls. This is pretty miserable for someone dependent on this agricultural income. And yet he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. You know, it's just like taking what's true about God and thankful for his relationship with him and just forcing it right into this loss of income situation that he is facing. Bishop Bashford was uh, traveling to visit church leaders, was in a very dangerous part of the country that he was uh, visiting. Some pastors out in a remote area of it and his car broke down and the night came on and he was alone. And he said, I, every sound that I heard, I don't, you know, what's going to happen? And, and he said, I began to pray. And he said, this verse from the Bible came to me. 
Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. And he thought, God, you're, you're my God. You don't slumber. You don't sleep. And then he said this. He said, I guess, God, there's no use both of us staying awake. <laughs> and so he said, I had a restful sleep. Remember Corrie ten Boom in the Holocaust? Her sister died there, and she didn't know from one day to the next whether she was going to live or die. Watch how she just pulled what she knew about God right into those days of high anxiety. She says, here was her verse. You are my hiding place, God, and my shield, I hope, in your word. You know, isn't, isn't that great? Just pull it. In the high anxiety, I, I just going to, I've rehearsed who you are. I'm going to insert it right into my anxiety. She's, she also said, you can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. Isn't that the truth? How are we ever going to know how capable and caring he is unless we're in a situation where we, we, we really need to see it. And he is all that we have. We find out that he is all that we need. Now, a lot of us get perspective. I'm sure this is on your short list of uh, scripture verses that help you when you have stuff happen in your life that circumstantially can bring high anxiety. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. Notice, it doesn't say everything that happens to a follower of Jesus is good. It says, he causes it to work together for the good of those who love him and are called to his purposes for them. You're, you're going where God wants you. How many know if, if God brought you to it, he's going to get you through it? He, he'll cause it to, to work together. You love him. You're, you're doing your best to, to follow him. He's going to make it happen. And so you, you take that trust that you have as if the victory was already won, the storm was over. You take it and you put it right back into now because the peace that Jesus gives watch this now we often talk about peace in our world as if it's the absence of conflict Jesus made a distinction that the peace that he gives was not the absence of conflict was it was a supernatural peace in the midst of conflict and he says this he says peace I leave with you my peace I give you I don't, I don't give you as the world gives it's not an absence of conflict so in the middle of your anxiety, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, Pastor Austin has a, a wonderful program where you just text the word peace to this number and uh, the, the church's phone number and you receive a daily word of encouragement. You know, so just you can add some. These days, he's got a whole bunch of verses about God's peace that will help us in the stress relief series. Now, you know what one of my go-to scriptures is? We talked about it. I taught about it a few weeks ago. Remember what Jesus says, do not worry. Don't take any anxious thoughts. Your God cares about the, the birds of the air and the flowers in the field. And then Matthew also adds to that story that Jesus, one time when he was telling it, talked about the, the heads on our heads. The hairs on our head are numbered. <laughs> That's something, you know. By the way, how many, is there someone out there that can do a haircut from two meters away? <laughs> how many are getting COVID? I've never wanted to have Pastor Jonathan's hair condition until this point in COVID-19. <laughs> but uh, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Listen, if, we, if God cares enough and has the capacity to keep track of a bird that dies, flowers on the field, and the number of hairs on our head. If, he, if, if that's just like 
no problem for him. How much more does he know and care about the big things that we are going through in our lives? And so I'm looking forward to this Wednesday's community groups and hearing about some of the scriptures that help you. Now listen, something I, I may never have told you in my church family, even though I've been here, I think it's over 25 years now. Um, I, I used to be a, a band leader of a church band. We used to meet Sunday afternoons in Edmonton where I pastored and get a song ready for usually the offering time in the Sunday evening gathering. And I had a whole bunch of professional musicians who had given their lives to Christ and, and they were amazing and we really relied on them because a lot of us were just dusting off a trumpet or a clarinet that we played years ago and we just relied on these professional musicians to just uh, to, to carry the song. But I used to lead the band, played the trumpet with one hand, lead, lead, do the timing with the other. And uh, we'd give the solos to these uh, really good musicians, and we'd all just join in. And, uh, but oftentimes, we would come right up to the service time. We had to start the main service, and rehearsal had to be over, even though we didn't have the song quite ready. So I always told them at rehearsal, I said, listen, if anything ever goes wrong, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go like this. This means stop playing, stop playing. This means go to the last note. And every rehearsal, we would practice the last note. It just became a fun thing to just play that last note and oh, could everyone was on, right on it and knew what they were doing and played with confidence. There was a crescendo. It was just great. Well, we go into the service. What well, one Sunday night it happened. I remember the guy's name was Vern. He was, played a valve trombone and he was playing this solo and the drums were rocking and the bass was killing it and it was just going and going and going and I was enjoying just leading until his solo was over and I realized I had no idea where we were in the music and it became painfully aware that neither did a lot of the other musicians. And the drums and the bass, they, some, some music just kept going but it, have you ever been at a... Uh, an orchestra presentation where the band is just tuning up and they're all playing different notes all over. It sort of sounded like that. And anxiety levels went up, I remember, just panicking. And then I remembered, hold on here, hold on here. What have we rehearsed? So I held my hand up, I got everybody just caught on and they stopped. Last note, last note, and we played that last note and it sounded so good and I just milked, I just kept it coming, letting it escalate and then the drums bringing it in for a landing with a crash. It was just so good and the people were applauding because probably they were relieved. <laughs> and the only thing that was louder than their applause was their laughter because, because uh, anxiety relief. What am I saying? What we did is we took something that we had rehearsed and said, you know what, if something goes wrong, in that moment of anxiety, <laughs> let's take what we rehearsed and put it in there. That's exactly what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Don't wait till the storm is over. You know, where is your faith? Put your faith in me, I'm the same person. I'm with you, I care for you. Oh, dear one, I wanna, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for two groups of people. First, how many are in a situation where you're saying, I'm doing life without Jesus, but I need him. I need him in my life. I'm asking Jesus to come into my life today. Um, I'm going to pray with you. 
And if what I pray is true for you, you just whisper this prayer right along with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to earth to be my savior. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sin. Forgive me of all my sins, Lord. And I give my future to you. And thank you that when I die, I will have everlasting life. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, just thank Jesus for coming to your heart. And let us know. Listen, as a church, one of the most important things we do is help people take the next step spiritually. And if you'll just, your button you can press there on your screen. And, and, and we want to do whatever we can just to help you. You let us know how we can help you take the next steps. But can I just pray with others that are here today? And I'm not minimizing your worry, your stress, and even stuff that's escalated into anxiety. But I am here to tell you that Jesus can bring you stress relief because of who he is and what he has promised. So Jesus, do that for people. In my church family, you know what each of us is going through. Everyone that's our guest online today, you know our hearts. You know what we're going through. And Lord, you're bigger than what we thought you were. And we say, I need you. Oh, I need you. And when we do that, Lord, even whether it's days of smooth sailing or in the middle of a storm, thank you that you can be there for every one of us. And we trust you, Lord, with our future, even with the worst that can happen, because we know that because you died for us and you rose from the dead, that every one of us are destined to living with you in heaven forever, Lord. So, so may that just give us perspective May it help us with our anxiety. Thank you that you will keep every one of us in perfect peace when our minds are steadfast, stayed, remain upon you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Love you, church. Bless you. We're glad you joined us for today's teaching. If you're listening in right now because your church isn't able to meet, we welcome you and we ask that you keep supporting your church community with all the engagement and giving options that they have. If you need any assistance in this unprecedented season, please let us know by email at care at onechurch.to or by texting the word CARE to 416-291-9575 or even just giving us a call at the same number. All other events and programming can be found at onechurch.to slash connect.